Yeah, I thank thankful for the Lord. One verse of scripture while you're standing, and then we'll get back into our lesson, uh, the final lesson in this series today. Exodus 31 and 17. Scripture says it is a sign between me, this is the Lord speaking, and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And today we're going to talk about and finish up on our series of reframing work. And we're going to talk about, uh, since we've talked so much about work for the last three weeks, today we're going to talk about resting. Resting for a purpose. There's a reason for that rest. Let's pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, thank you for your word, for the wisdom and instruction it gives. Let our hearts be good ground for it today. And we can learn and grow, be better. I thank you for it today, Lord. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen again. Give the Lord another hand clap before you're seated. We serve a great God. Always providing and taking care of us. We appreciate the Lord today. You can be seated. Thank you for being faithful to the house of the Lord today. God's good. Love to rest. (laughs) I I imagine there's several times uh, throughout the week that we say, whew, I just need to rest. I need a rest. We need to rest, but, but we need to work, and, and we've been talking about reframing work or seeing work in another light, and uh, today, so that we can, you know, we're trying to get a different perspective on work, and one way to do that is looking at something that is opposite of what you're doing. It gives you, or if you stand in another point and look back, you see things in a different light, a different perspective, and, and so we want to keep working its proper perspective. So um, to do that, God has helped us by prescribing rest for our renewal. There's a reason that God wants us to rest. And so we've talked about the dignity of work and, and make sure we reflect God's image in everything we do because what we do, we do unto God. Uh, and we know that no matter where we are and what we're doing, we're a light for Him and an example to Him. Uh, then we've talked about being gifted for a purpose, that the skills you have, even if it's just for the, the job that you do, God gave you the ability to do that. And so use those skills to fulfill God's purpose. But we want to make sure, as we learned last week, that we don't let our gifts become a curse, that we don't forget that all good gifts and all perfect gifts come from above, that we were not just born all that, and that we need God, and so because if we're not careful, we'll let our gifts, uh, we'll become selfish with them, think that, hey, we are the ones doing this, and we'll neglect and forget God who has blessed us and taken care of us, and we surely don't want to do that. And so as we talk about rest today, we will talk a lot about Israel's uh, rest. We'll talk about how that the Sabbath that God uh, had instituted for them, and we'll talk a little bit about what it means to us now. But uh, it was very serious and important in Israel's day when they had come out of Egypt. Uh, God put this Sabbath for them for a reason, and he was serious about them keeping it. Uh, There's a a little narrative with uh, this lesson this morning, just maybe a scene that Moses may have witnessed as 
they were wandering in the wilderness and being fed with manna. God had told them that uh, Israel said, I'm going to give you manna, said, but on the sixth day you're going to gather enough to last you through the seventh day. Now, this narrative starts out with Moses standing in the door of his tent looking out across the camp, and he begins to just shake his head. The camp was quieter than usual. It was the Sabbath, and most people were being obedient and resting in their tents as God had commanded. But there were always some, some of those stiff-necked people, parading out of their tents with their bowls and baskets, looking at the ground with puzzled, even angry expressions, wondering why there's no manna. God had said there would be no manna on the Sabbath, and still they would go out and look. And he had told them, if you collect double the manna on the sixth day, it will last you. It won't breed worms. It won't stink. It won't rot. And you'll be able to have bread for the Sabbath. Any other day, if they held onto it overnight, it would turn and spoil and be rotten. But these people wouldn't listen. And angry voices begin to rise from those trying to collect. And uh, they realized, we're going to be hungry today. You see, if you don't obey God, a lot of times you'll go hungry. I'm talking about you'll go without. You'll, it'll be worse for you. It's better to just do what God said to do. And then God speaks to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place and let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. And Moses says, I'll tell them. Lord, again, because he had to tell them more than once. God, Moses was always reminding them what God had said. He ducks out of his tent. Men and women of Israel, it's the Sabbath. Take your rest. And soon he had shepherded all the would-be gatherers home, and peace settled over the tents of Israel. God instituted the Sabbath for Israel, and he gave commandment to Moses what to tell the people to do. In Exodus 31, 15 through 17, it says, Work shall be done six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. God was serious about keeping them commandments. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It's a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Now, I don't think anybody here has to be put under the threat of death to take a rest. Uh, most of the time we, it might be the opposite. If you don't get up and do something, I'm going to kill you. You know, so it's, uh, you know, we don't mind napping and resting and taking our ease. Take a we love, we look forward to a vacation. We look forward to some time where we can unplug and unwind. And, and, uh, but God had given this to Israel. He said, I need you to understand that uh, I designed you and I know what you need. And I know that you're going to need a time to be refreshed. Now, uh, why did God rest on the seventh day? You see, when we think, we read that, we're thinking God rested. We think, well, we know God doesn't sleep. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get hungry. Uh, that word, and we're going to talk about it a little further into the lesson about refreshed. It doesn't mean that God took a nap. 
It doesn't mean that God uh, was tired or weary and needed to be recharged. He hasn't lost any of his strength or power ever. He never needs that like we do. He was not tired from creating the sun and the moon and all the animals and creating man. He, uh, he was giving us, as the scripture says, uh, an example. Even for us today, not being Israel, uh, as, Tim, as Paul wrote to Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. All scripture. So even these scriptures about the Sabbath and things that God was talking about, we can pull from them and see things that God wanted for his people. It says, so that the man of God can be uh, perfect and thoroughly furnished unto good works. God wants us to have everything that we're supposed to have. And so he knew that you need the Sabbath. For a reason, uh, that word there, I, I'm going to talk about it in a, in a few minutes because I, I, I love looking into the words and the meanings of these words. It helps give you an idea of what God meant even for us today on the Sabbath. So, uh, you know, man has tried to change God's ways. I don't know if you've got any people that just love history, but if you know anything about the French Revolution, France denounced God. Well, nothing to do with God. And then they rejected the seven-day week, even though it's got biblical origin. They, they, they instituted a 10-day week. They created their own calendar, 10 days, and they said people are going to work for nine straight days and they get one day off. Ain't you glad? Score. Some of us feel like we work every day of the week, but nine days, one day off, and they said it's going to make productivity better. It's going to work better for us as a country. It's going to work. It didn't. It wore out the animals. It wore out the people. But they kept that calendar for 12 years. So if you lived in France, you had a 10-day week. It wasn't no uh, Wednesday, wasn't hump day. You wasn't almost there. <laughs> I don't know what they named all the days of the week uh, or if they just started over. I don't know how they did it. But 10-day week trying to change already. And, they, and guess what? It didn't work because God knows what we need. God will uh, gift us with abilities uh, and opportunities, and he gives us uh, these abilities as a gift so we can work and do things for the kingdom and work for him and, and show a good light for him. And, and God knows that you need a balance that I do need. He does want us to work for him, to be laborers in the harvest, and he wants us to be workers for the kingdom of God, but he also knows that you need rest. And that you need to make sure that you are uh, balanced and again, so you don't overwork. You don't want to overwork yourself. The Sabbath was a reminder of, and also uh, it was a reminder of Israel's past when he did that. This is what he said to them in Deuteronomy 5 and 15. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out by a mighty hand, by an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the sabbath day it was directly tied to their deliverance because i'm going to tell you in egypt israel did not get a day off they were slaves and they worked whenever their master said work whenever they said make brick they made brick and uh, we know how that after Moses came to try to bring them out, how they made it hard on them. They wouldn't give them straw and different things that they needed to make the brick, but they wouldn't decrease the number of bricks that needed to be made. And so uh, Israel was under a taskmaster. They were servants uh, to Egypt, and 
Now they were not. They were free from that, and God was giving them an opportunity because they still needed the work. But he said, I want you to know that you're not a slave, and you're going to have an opportunity to rest, to be refreshed, to be blessed by me. When God was feeding them on the seventh day, they were being blessed by him. When they would go into the tabernacle and worship on, on that day, they were being blessed by him. He said, you need a time where it's us, you and me, where you can be refreshed, where you're not punching a time clock, but you are simply here to be fed, blessed, refreshed by me. And he was reminding them that you lived a life, and it's like that with us today. Whoever we yield our members to, that's whose service we are. And when we worked for the enemy, when we worked in this world, you didn't have any rest. Let me tell you, all the work that Israel did in Egypt, it didn't prosper them any. They didn't get paid for it. They weren't getting, getting rich off making bricks for Pharaoh. And we didn't profit by the things we did in this world. And so, you know, when we talk about people, man, you need to be in church. Oh, I don't have to go to church to be a child of God. I get so tired of hearing that you know i understand that you don't have to be in church every time the doors are open i know that things happen and you can't be there every single service i i'm reasonable i know that i've got common sense i get it but what i am telling you that whether you're here or not when you're not here you miss something when you're not here you do without because there is spiritual blessings and spiritual food that is being poured out on this day. And, and so Sunday is in a fashion like a Sabbath for us. It's not the Jewish Sabbath. I'm not trying to say that. and It's not even changed to that. But Sunday is the day that we get together and we meet. This is when we get together. Or even Monday night prayer could be a type of Sabbath for us as a time of rest and refreshing from the Lord. Or even Wednesday night or our times of revival, things like that. Anytime we can get together with God... Where his spirit is, there's opportunity to be refreshed. And we have opportunity for a Sabbath. And so Sunday, when I come in church on Sunday and I lift my hands and I start praising him, it reminds me that I used to not have that opportunity. It reminds me that I used to be somewhere else. That I used to, I could think back and remember on Sundays, by this time I wasn't even up yet. I was still not even maybe not even sleeping. I was still passed out, or trying to sleep off the effects from the night before. I think about where I used to be on Sunday, or either I was up getting ready to go somewhere else to to play ball, or or go to a party, or head to the beach, or do something else. I wasn't coming to the house of God, but uh, because I didn't know God. But now that He has. Uh, called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And he has provided an opportunity for me to come and worship him. This is a privilege. You know, in the, in the Sabbath, to, uh, Israel didn't realize, but that, that was a privilege that, hey, we get to have a day off from labor. We get to have a day off from work. And God is going to have provided food for us on that day. So that uh, on the day before, so we don't have to do anything. We can rest and just uh, fellowship with him and commune with him and, and be blessed by him and get ready because, hey, Monday's coming. You know, the next work day's coming. And so uh, we can spend time with our families. We can do things. And, and if people could just remember that God wants you to have a time to refresh and rest, it helps you look at that work a little bit different.
because work is not refreshing. Don't confuse that with a hobby. Some people say, oh, man, I tell you, when I, when, you know, like, uh, when I do, when I'm fishing or hunting, man, I, it just relaxes me, refreshes me. And, but there's some exertion there. And uh, we went hiking this week. And, and uh, hey, there's some exertion there. It was great. It was fun. I enjoyed it. But I was tired. But, uh, it, you know, but I still felt good. My mind was clear. I felt good, you know. And, uh, but never one time crawling through attics and pulling wire and, and crawling over dead squirrels and in 150-degree attics did I ever feel like I was being refreshed. I knew I was making a dollar, but that's about it. I did, it wasn't about, uh, whoo, I just can't wait to get to work. It was just something about pulling that wire through insulation. And, uh, you know, is yep, that's it. That's what I, you know, nope. Uh, that's not it. God wants you to realize that work is work, but then there's time with him that's rest. And let me tell you, rest without him is wasted rest. It's just not real rest. There's because we need more than rest for our bodies. We need rest for our spirits. We need rest for our soul. And so uh, when you come in on Sunday, you can look back to where God has brought you from and then praise him and thank him for what he's done. So uh, also, the Sabbath was a reminder of their dependence on God. And Exodus 31 and 13 says, uh, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbath shall you keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. The Israelites had to have faith that God would provide for them, and that was the whole deal with the manna. They had to, you know, he said, I'm going to prove them by this. And see if they'll listen to what I tell them. That's why there's not going to be anything out there on the Sabbath day. I want to see if they will listen. He wanted to prove them. And they had to have faith that what we brought in today is going to last me for another day. And get me through uh, till we can get uh, more manna. And it was also, he didn't just do that with the manna. But he did that to them with the land. He said, after you have farmed this land uh, for seven years, you got to take a year off. He said, but the harvest, or either they would take the seventh, I'm sorry, they'd work six, and then they would take the seventh year off so the land could rest. They had to trust that my harvest in the sixth year was going to be enough to get me to the harvest of the eighth year. And because Israel would not listen to that, and they just farmed that land and destroyed that land, they didn't trust God, <clears throat> they worked the land nonstop. Well, the Lord sent them into captivity into Babylon so the land could actually rest. Now, we know today, you know, farmers, people that, that do things like that, they know that they don't just farm that same piece of land forever and ever and ever. They give that parcel of land some rest, and then they work another piece of their property or another part of their land. So that, uh, And then when it's time, they come back. After, you know, they can work that land again, but it needs that fallow ground Will, will be better if it has a chance to rest where it's not always disturbed. And so I don't want to make the same mistake as Israel made. Rest is important to God because he knows what you need. He knows that I need rest, that you need rest, not just for your body, but, yes, you need rest for your body. Don't be ashamed to rest. Resting is not being lazy. You, you know, listen... I know hard work will not kill anybody. That's a fact. It's hard when you're young to, to understand that. I thought raking grass and 
uh, you know, we, I don't know how people do that today, but whenever we cut grass, when my d- dad and mom and them cut grass when we were kids, it wasn't over. Then you raked the yard, raked all the grass up and, and put it in a plastic swimming pool that you had left over from the summer and drug it out to the side of the road and dumped it out. And when we was kids, we thought, this is murder. I can't believe this. It's all, guess what? We didn't die. Hard work will not kill anybody. Overwork will. And people need to get that. that They overwork themselves. That You've got to take time to rest. I know sometimes it feels like we are overworked. But your body will let you know uh, when it's time. Finally, your body will. You ever heard anybody say, you know, and I just didn't realize I was going so hard. And finally, you know, I had a stroke or I had a heart attack. And I just was pushing myself. And your body finally said, okay, we're going to put a stop to this. The doctor said, that's why uh, that when I had that case several years back with this Bell's palsy, he said, um, sometimes this comes on because of stress. I said, I don't feel stressed. He said, I said, you know, this is just what I do. He said, yeah, but your body feels stress. And so finally your body said, okay, if you're not going to stop, I'm going to make you stop for a little bit. And that's what happened. I don't ever want that to happen again. I don't want God to ever have to say, okay, I'm going to stop you because you're going to kill yourself, so I'll just put you on a serious break. I don't want that to happen. We need to take care of this body because this body is more than just a a beast of burden. It's not just uh, something to use for labor. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And first and foremost, it is a witness to God. It's made in the image of God, and we need to take care of it. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's light, salt, a witness in this earth. You need to take care of your temple. And working yourself till you drop dead, that's not wise. And it is surely not what God intended. Why would we work ourselves to death as if we're slaves when we're not? Take time. To work or to rest after you work, <clears throat> nothing wrong. Some people, boy, work is so ingrained in them. They they say, man, I just feel I feel funny if I'm not doing something. Well, let me tell you something. After I've worked forty or fifty hours, I got no problem putting my feet up. <clears throat> you know, I, I I see nothing wrong with it. Especially the older I get, <laughs> yeah. You know, when we was young, you, you know, you're busy. You feel like I can handle it. I can do it all. I'm going to tell you something. You will pay for it. That's the truth. You can work yourself and be so hard on yourself in your younger years that when you get to your older years, your body's going, "Uh uh-huh. You just thought you was bulletproof back then, and now you see where I've got you. So we need to remember that God wants us to rest. Yes, he wants us to work. Uh, Work is important to him. And I believe having a good work ethic is important. But also, God does not expect you to work yourself till you die. Or that you make yourself sick. Or that you're no good for the things that are important. He gave you the ability to work. And you work so much you cannot enjoy what God has given you. You work so much. You know, you know it's not always some kind of devastating moral uh, happening that destroys a family. Sometimes people who work too much lose what's important to them. Never home. Even when they're home, they're working. Always, you heard about workaholics. They, they, they get home, they, they eat some supper, they sit down, they're at the desk, they're at the table, they're typing, they're working, they're making calls, they're doing whatever, still working. 
can't unplug from work, get home. And so they don't talk to their kids, don't talk to their spouse. Distance, distance, distance. And finally, well, what happened? Work too much. It was the job. We work, I was always at work, always on the job, always going, always on call, always leaving, working 50, 60, 70 hours a week, never seeing my kids, missed them growing up. All of a sudden I turn around, they're, they're grown. You know, what happened? You were working. God does not intend you to work so much that you miss the very important things in your life. Your wife, your children, your spouse, they're gifts from God. And so men or women, you don't work yourself so much that you kill the relationship that you have with those that are closest to you. Don't let work be a a curse in your life. Learn to take time to rest. And then when you do that, uh, you know, make sure that you are taking care of the things that are important. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, it's wonderful when you, the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he's found a good thing. I have found a good thing. Because let me tell you how good my wife is. When I'd come home from them hot days of crawling through attics and work and tired, man, I'd come in wore out. I'd walk in the house. It'd be some kind of music playing. It'd be candles lit up. I mean, it was just like peaceful. The kids were busy doing something, you know, or they, you know, they, it w- they wouldn't turn in flips and tearing stuff up, you know. Uh, she had something, you know, cooking, things like that. I'd come in, and I'd, she said, go sit down. I'd go sit down, plop down that recliner, and, man, she'd start pulling them boots off, pull them socks off. Some of y'all are like creeping up already. Oh, no. And rub my feet. And so you need to rest. Here, you just sit here till dinner's ready. You rest. And she's, she's still like that day, even though I don't have those same kind of jobs. When I come in sometimes and I've been doing things, she said, look, she said, ain't nothing going on. You go lay down for an hour. You rest. Take care of yourself. Go rest. I got this. I'll finish this. You go rest. I'll wake you up an hour go, or 20 minutes. Go get you a nap. Rest. Thank you. Because it keeps me going. It, it, she knows. She can tell. She's, you know what? Your husband or your wife knows. And let me tell you, men, most of the time, we're oblivious. But your wife always knows when you, as a man, need to take a break. She can see it. And you can say, like I said last week, you can say it all day long. Oh, no, everything's fine. Yeah, right. How long have I been married to you? <laughs> you know, they like they know. And so ain't no sense. You might as well just go on and quit fighting it and just say, I'm just tired or exhausted or whatever. You know, they know when you are anyway. And so now, I'm not saying women got to rub the husband's feet. If y'all, that's, I'm just thankful I got one that will. And, uh, but, uh, you know, guys, you know, maybe buy them a new dress or something. Maybe that'll, you, can, you can work that out. I don't know. But, um, but I don't even have to do that. She just, that's because she's my wife. She loves me. She wants to see me okay. And she knows now, especially, uh, the way we go, we're busy and things, you know, we're, we're always on the clock. So she knows. She can read it. She can tell when, you know. And so we do take time to rest. There's some days we'll be like, oh, I need to be doing this. And then we'll both look at each other and say, nope, this is our day to rest. This is when we rest. This is when we take a break. And so it's good to be able to take a break. Now, in Exodus 35, uh, the Lord, he was so serious about what they were doing uh, you know, if you ever read the story, I know you have if you've read your Bible, but they stoned a man to death for gathering sticks. One day you think, man, that seems harsh, but God had a reason why he told them not to 
to do that and not to gather sticks, not to, uh, he said, you don't kindle any kind of fire in your dwelling place because uh, not only was this man disobeying a direct order, you know, a commandment from God, but on that day, it was God's intention for Israel to come around the holy fire of the brazen altar in the tabernacle. He didn't want anybody else starting a fire that day. This was a time to gather around the fire of God and to be in his presence. And, and so don't be get, you know, doing anything else like that. Uh, I want you here with me. And so this is why this man collecting sticks on the Sabbath was stoned. Because why was he gathering sticks? Unless he was going to build a fire. God did not want you working, number one, or building a fire. He was fixing to do both. He already completed one task and was about to do the other. And God said, no, this is a day for you to be with me. You've got to be careful. Because uh, work, working should not keep you from worship. And that's what was happening. That guy, he wasn't, he wasn't going to worship. He was going to work. Now, I know in the natural today that sometimes people work on Sunday. I understand that. We've got guys in here, several, that they, their jobs they're, that they do, the things they work with, with these, uh, their, their farms and things like that. You can't help it. You're on a schedule, and sometimes it falls on Sunday. You know what? You're getting birds, getting rid of birds, preparing for birds, whatever. You're, I know it. Or something's going haywire, and all the birds are about to die. you got to go. I, I realize that. And that's not you know, what God's saying. But I would never take a job where the employer looked at me and said, Now, just so you know, you're going to work every Sunday. That's not even an option. I was like, It ain't an option for me to take this job. Because I'm not going to go knowingly sign something that tells me I'm going to work where I miss every single church service. Because I need my time with God. Now, we've got people here that their jobs, they come to church and then they work in the evenings. There you go. As long as it's not keeping you from God. Because don't ever try to convince me that God blessed you with a job that keeps you from Him. It just don't happen. That it just begins to put distance between you and him. That, that you're going to work so hard that all of a sudden, man, this job's a blessing. It's such a blessing that you never make it to church anymore. It's such a blessing that you can't pray anymore. And, you know, either it was a blessing from God and, and you turned it into something else or it wasn't a blessing from God. God is not going to give us work that will keep us from him. And when I mean that, I mean start putting a, a gulf between us and him, dividing us from him, separating us from him. He understands about modern-day work schedules and things like that better than anybody. But I'm telling you that uh, don't work so much and don't let your work turn into something that keeps you from worshiping the one who gave you the ability to work. And so uh, this modern-day, uh, now living where we are today, how, you know, a lot of people say, well, because I've, I've had people say, well, should we... Be keeping that Sabbath, you know, from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday and staying in the house, not cooking, doing things. No, that's not for us to do. Uh, you know, that we have our rest in Christ. And when we come together with him. Now, I talked a little bit ago about how that God said, you know, he said that God was refreshed after, you know, he he'd worked those six days and on the seventh day he rested and he was refreshed. And I was like, and so I said, I just... You know, it doesn't make sense. I know God's not the author of confusion. He's not going to say something that's going to leave me scratching my head. Well, why would God need to be refreshed? It doesn't mean sleeping or taking a nap or anything like that. That's not what the word means. 
the the word there that he's talking about it, it means to uh, breathe or to be breathed on. I, I wrote that somewhere. I thought I did. I might have wrote it on something else. But uh, the word refreshed, it's, it's like a wind being refreshed by a breeze, being refreshed by the wind. And so what it's saying there is on uh, that seventh day, God breathed. Now, God breathed, but we're breathed on. You ever heard, especially the old timers, quote Isaiah 28, 11, and 12, when God's talking about bringing a rest and refreshing from the Lord? You know what I'm talking about? For with stammering lips and another tongue, I'll speak to my people. For this is the rest where I cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. And so when it says that uh, God was refreshed, it means God breathed. God breathed a refreshing wind. God's intention for us on this day of rest is so that we can be refreshed again by the wind or the breath of God. That's why it's so important. That's what the Sabbath means to us today. Spending time with him. We have worked. We have worked. And now we are taking time with him. It's different than saying, well, man, I've worked all week. I'm going to the lake. You need to, after you've worked, you need to take time with God. You need to find somewhere to spend time with God so that God can breathe on you again. So that that wind, that refresh, it means literally to be refreshed like if a breeze blew on you. You ever been working or been hot? Like I know when we were hiking, we'd come to a place and all of a sudden this wind would come by and you, you just stop. And you're like, oh man, that's perfect. It was cool. It was refreshing. And you know, it, it cooled you down a little bit. And then we'd go on a little farther. And it's, or you've been working out in the yard, cutting grass, and all of a sudden this breeze comes by. You're like, well, thank you, Lord, for that breeze. You ever said that? You know, it's the same way when you come in here, and you're tired, and you're wore out from the, the week, from the world, and everything else, and the Holy Ghost begins to fall. Forward, stammering lips and another tongue, I'll speak to my people. This is the rest, and this is the refreshing. And so the, uh, the Spirit of God is, is you know, regenerating you and refreshing you and reviving you, and the Holy Ghost is moving, and the presence of God is in here, and the Word of God. You see, man shall not live by bread alone, and we think of the Word as only something you in jest, but the word of God. When Paul told Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration. That word inspiration means divinely breathed. And it comes from a word that means breeze. And so God said, even my word is refreshing. That's why being born again by the word is refreshing. That's why hearing... The preaching of the Word of God is refreshing because all that Scripture uh, is given by inspiration. It's divinely breathed. It's like the breeze of God. It's the breath of God. That's why when Jesus looked at his disciples, he said he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. It was the the breath of God. Jesus was the, the walking, talking breath of God in the flesh. He was the Word made flesh, divinely inspired Word. The breeze, the breath, the wind of God manifest in the flesh. And that's why Jesus could say, come unto me, all you that uh, are heavy and, and are laboring and are burdened. He said, come unto me and you'll find rest for your souls. So that's why even today we need. I, I don't have to shut myself in at sundown Friday till sundown Saturday. The Lord told us that, listen, the, the Sabbath was made for man and not man made for the Sabbath. 
you know, they, they got on to Jesus because his disciples were walking through the cornfield and they were plucking ears of corn to eat because they were hungry. And, the, and they said, hey, why are they doing that? That's not right. They can't do that. And he went on to talk to them about how David and his men ate the, the showbread that the priest had made, which it wasn't even lawful for David to eat, but it was prepared for the Sabbath. And he said, and even the priest profaned the Sabbath because they're, they're doing sacrifices and things like that, but they have to do that. What he was trying to tell them is that uh, mercy uh, is greater than sacrifice. And that uh, mercy is the overriding consideration. When look, He wasn't discarding the Sabbath or disregarding the Sabbath. He said, but mercy. He said, how many of you, if you had an animal fall in a ditch, you wouldn't get it out? He said, isn't it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? And so he was saying the Sabbath was made for man because man needs this time. They need time for good things. They need time for God to refresh them and to bless them. They need to be breathed on again by God. They need that, that. That's what that word of God is. It's like the breath of God falling on you again when you receive it. When you, you know, some people like to take shelter from the wind. Well, let's get in out of the wind. And that's the natural wind. But I don't want to get out in, in shelter from the wind of God. Breathe on me. We sing those songs, breathe on me. Breathe on me. It must have been the Lord. I knew that fellow was going to come to church today. I'm glad to see you, Brother Austin. I was sitting in my office, and I was like, it's a holiday weekend. I believe Austin's going to come to church today. I'm so glad to see you, brother. I've been praying for you. Good to see you. So we need that rest. Two ways. We need physical rest. You'll work till you drop dead if you don't stop. God does not intend you to do that. He doesn't mind hard work. He doesn't want overwork. But I'm going to tell you, as much as we need that rest in our natural body, we need the refreshing of the Holy Ghost in our spiritual man. And the instruction that the, the apostle gave when, he, when he, he wrote that, though our outward man perish, the inward is renewed daily. In other words, there's daily, there are times daily that I spend with God so that this inward man can be refreshed. Because let me tell you something, it's a sad way to live when the in, inward man dies, but the outward man is still going on. When people become a shell of what God intended them to be. Because they've, let, uh, they've disconnected from God and they've disconnected from his word. They don't pray anymore. They don't fast anymore. They don't spend time with, in the house of God anymore. And that, that inward man begins to shrivel up. Because he needs something to, to keep him, sustain him. And then it's just an empty shell of a person. Walking around. And you're like, you're not the same as you were. Well, I don't go to church anymore. I don't pray anymore. I don't, I don't do God's stuff anymore. And that's what happened. So you want to feed this inner man. So as, this, as you're, you know, what if God keeps you here till you're, you're 90 years old? If he does, if he keeps me here till I'm 90, you know what? I want this inward man to still be shouting. I want this inward man to still be praising I want him to still have a word of, of faith and confidence in God. I don't want uh, somebody for me to look at me at 90 and I'm like, I have no answer anymore. I want, I want the inward man to be renewed daily. So in working, honey, you can come to the music. God intended his people to work, but he did not want them to work themselves to death. He likes faithful work, be on time. You'll get paid for, you know, he told a story about people getting paid for what they agreed on. 
Some worked all day. Some worked the last hour. But they still worked. They got hired. They got paid. God intends people to do what they were supposed to do, and they will receive for what they've done. God wants us to work, but God wants us to rest. He wants us to understand that even church work, if you're not careful, you'll overwork yourself and you'll be so tired and weary that you can't even enjoy the service. I've seen people get so uh, you know, worked up before a service that they couldn't even enjoy the service. So word is, this has got to go this way, this has got to go this way, this has got to go this way. And you miss the most important part. Man, I was in church day and I was just, I couldn't even focus on God. Hmm. It's kind of like Martha and Mary. Well, nothing wrong with what Martha was doing, taking care of people, serving, you know. But she was so consumed by it. that There sits the Lord of glory in her house and she can't even find time to stop and listen to what he's saying. Instead, interrupt his message. Hey, hey, that sounds like a good stopping place, Jesus. Hang on. Can you get Mary to get up and come on and help me? And he said, you're so worried about so many things. Stressed out, anxious about so much. But Mary's found that good thing and it's not going to be taken from her. She needs this. She's found a place to rest. I don't think Mary was lazy. But you know what? If Jesus comes to my house, the kitchen's that way. Y'all can raid the cupboard. I don't care what you do. I'm, I'm sitting in the same room he's in. He ain't, I'm not letting him out of my sight. And so uh, don't ask me to make your plate if Jesus is sitting in the house. You hang your coat up there, throw it on the bed, do whatever. I'm not leaving this room. He's here. If I, if I was fortunate enough to get this close to him, I'm staying right here. Bathroom down the hall, whatever. You can even sleep in my bed. I don't care. I'm not moving. I found that good thing. And that's what, you know, Mary, uh, Martha just so worked up, missing so much. And Mary just being refreshed and being renewed, finding rest in the Lord. That's what I want today. I want to be able to rest in my natural body. Sure, I want to, want to make sure that's good so I don't fall apart. But I want this inward man to be refreshed too. I want that that Sabbath for the inward man. I want, I want to take time for God. Remember, it's... When God said that Sabbath was refresh, it didn't mean Jesus need you know the natural man had to sleep sometimes, but God don't have to sleep. God don't have to recharge. He meant this is when God breathed. I don't know something about that. He creates everything, and then He breathed. Didn't say He sighed like that was tough, but He breathed. After He looked at everything He had made, He breathed. When God breathes, it goes everywhere. And so he breathed over his creation, and it lived, and it thrived, and it was refreshing, and it was a blessing. And I believe today that when he poured out the Holy Ghost on us and when he gets in these services with us and his presence is here, it's the breath of God refreshing his people. Let's stand together this morning. I'm thankful for the Word of God. I'm thankful for that divinely inspired breath of God divinely breathed word of God I'm I'm thankful for that breeze that comes through and refreshes my soul today let's lift our hands and just pray and thank him today and maybe just ask him that day Lord breathe on me refresh me in the spirit Lord let me feel your presence once again God
Oh, let me feel your presence. I've been so tired and things have been so hard and it's been worrisome and I've been stressed and so much is going on that, Lord, I, I just haven't had time. But, Lord, I'm here now. Refresh me. Renew me. Revive me. Breathe on me. Hallelujah. Breathe on me again, Jesus. Hallelujah. When you pray, you pray in the Holy Ghost. That's refreshing. That's God. That's that breath of God. Oh, refresh me. Well, we'll take a moment for this church. Just lift your hands and, and, and just pray for a minute and let God touch you. How long has it been since you just lifted your hands and let the Holy Ghost speak and refresh you and renew you, remind you again? Oh, God, renew me, God. Wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever. I'm so thankful for those scriptures says those times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord and I'll tell you there's a presence of the Lord in this place today God's going to do some great things in this, this service let's find a place to pray before the next service and let God bless you today thank you for being in a discipleship class God bless you